0: This is Deer Forbidden and you're tuned in to Underground Opolis.
1: Guest, finally a bass and drum duo. I get so—I mean, I love white stripes and I love the black keys and all, but I get so sick of the guitar. because uh, me being a bassist, you know, I like to see—I <laughs> like to see bassists, You know, and I don't know how much of that song you heard, but, but they're no joke, man. They're Spitfire from New Orleans, and I know we discussed this before the show. I—I I probably didn't say that right. <laughs> So <laughs> let's bring, let's bring our guests on.
2: Hey, hey guys.
1: Okay. Tell us who you are, <laughs> where you're from, even though I've already introduced you. <laughs>
2: uh, my name is Michelle and uh, I'm from New Orleans.
0: I'm Ana de Ferreira and I live in New Orleans now. I'm from Brazil, but I live in New Orleans.
1: <laughs> That's why you rock. There's a lot of good rock coming out of Brazil. <laughs> there's a oh. lot of rockers that are coming out of Brazil. They are, man. <laughs> what what got you all to come together
2: oh man i've i've wanted to play music my entire life and uh we met through a mutual friend and we just started jamming and uh it's awesome that you're a bass player so props um (laughs) yeah after trying to find a guitar player for a while we were just like yeah fuck it let's just be a duo and so that's that's what
0: happened I, I moved here to New Orleans and all I wanted was a girl band because I used to have in Rio de Janeiro, I have like a five piece, heavy have metal band and I moved here like, I need a girl band here now. It was so hard. I found it here much harder to find female musicians than in Brazil, but I'm so yeah. glad I found
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a shredding female in my band. So <laughs> I do. It took me, that took a long time to find her, you know? Yeah. Well, if there were some kind of influence that you could narrow down that made you say, like you saw live or or a concert, TV or whatever, who would you say, is there, is there, is there somebody you can narrow down like that? I mean, it's kind of, it can be more than one
2: place, but like, you know, like huge, huge fans of like, kind of like the stoner metal, but like the Palm Desert stoner scene, like back in the day, like Caius and, you know, stuff like that and and that turned into like queens of the stone age and things like that. But, but even farther back for us too, like Sabbath and Zeppelin and, you know, I'm a huge rush fan. So, uh, so yeah, it's a lot of the older stuff, but it really kind of is rooted in more like the kind of like the stoner metal stuff, stoner rock.
1: Yep. I'm a Queens of the Stone Age fan. That's for yeah, damn, can't sure. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> damn sure. I've, and if, Josh, you're watching. I have written you about coming on the show, and you just ignore the shit out of my messages. <laughs> <laughs> well, how would you describe the music that you create?
2: Hmm. I think the more that we've gotten our stuff out there and and we've played live, a lot of people have been saying it's kind of like a heavy blues, like heavy psych blues. Cause at the beginning, like we were like, yeah, I think we're stone to rock. And, but I think the more that we've developed there's a to kind of what we're doing. Um, And then just with the way that I sing, I mean, like a lot of like my influences come from like blues. So um, yeah, I would say like heavy blues is kind of what people are pegging us.
0: These days. <laughs> yeah, like, I I feel like on the drums, even sometimes when I add some double pedal here and there, there's some hi-hat doing like a dance groovy bit together and it's all mixed
2: up. <laughs> in fact, we have we have a song called Groove, just because yeah. we were like, hey, I think this kind of sounds like that. <laughs> so
0: yeah.
1: Well speaking of drums, what is that drum kit you play?
0: I play a pearl, Decade Maple. It's like a bright yellow drum set. So I'm kind of, people know me because of that said, because like I'm really right <laughs> yellow and I'm like
1: girl. I, mean, I noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> I magic. noticed the Rickenbacker too. Don't get me. <laughs> That's my baby. <laughs> Lisa Umbarger from the Toadies plays a Rickenbacker.
2: <laughs> yeah, you so, go so,
1: yeah. So that, that makes it that means it's great. She's, she was on the show a couple of months ago, Uh Hey. Just plug a little shameless self promotion there. <laughs> it's my show; I can do that. <laughs> do you have a particular? Do, you, do
2: what you want. Do you?
1: <laughs> do you have a particular like creative process of some sort, or does it? You just get something in your head, you got to pull over on the side of the road, write it down before you forget it, like you, like I do. <laughs> I, I wish. I wish I could.
2: Come up with, I wish I could like write stuff. I mean. As we've developed, like when we first started getting together, um, she she was like, do, "Do you have any any music?" I was like, i was like, no, nah, man, you, you just want to jam." And she's like, "Let's jam it." I was like, "You just <laughs> you just feel it." <laughs>
0: because like in real, I, I used to rehearse with my bands. Usually, the guitar player would do something at home and send to everybody. Everybody would learn in their houses, and we go to the studio. That was like. Time, you know, time is money. So everybody will learn and get there with something in mind. But here we had like a studio that we can stay hours and hours. And so, and so I never really got to jam. And, and I was like, I don't know how to do it. I'm like, I don't know how to do it. But now I love jamming and it's kind of funny this story because it's so crazy that I wouldn't, I wasn't able to have fun, you know, the experimenting things because like time is money yes. in the studio you know, we can play. But here we've got,
2: we've got a practice space and, and I didn't have anything written. I was just, I just knew that I wanted to play bass. I've I've wanted to play bass my entire life. I started on guitar, like acoustic guitar, like at a, like at a younger age, but like, I don't know, we just got together and our writing process is very collaborative. Um, Like she'll, she might have like a drum riff that she digs, or I might have like a riff, but like, I think from our different experiences, like she has a lot of professional experience and I, I don't, I just got a lot of heart. Um, so we would just jam and I think that's where all of our songs have come from is just jamming and we're like, hey, we like this or we like that. Like we record everything that we do and just kind of go from there, so.
0: Yeah, we feed feed each other with ideas, yeah.
2: My favorite thing to do is just play with the drummer, like no offense to guitar players, like I, I think I'm a closeted guitar player, but uh, like I just love getting together with a drummer and just, just
1: feeling it and just go with it. Screw guitar players. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, guys. Just kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you seem to be doing very well in New Orleans, which is probably hard. It's probably... I mean, there's a great music scene there. I've not played there. I've never been there yet. Not yet. <laughs> I will go there. I just... Could imagine that it's really hard to impress in New Orleans. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, it won't be the first time I've been wrong.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Actually, Chip, Chip probably can say more because I've been working here as a cover cover band musician more than originals recently. So I'm having this more experience with originals, originals right now. I mean, that's. We just did two shows and I thought it was amazing. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it was very, very surprising. I yeah, yeah. No, the, the, scene, the scene here, I mean, I go to a ton of shows. That's one of my things that I love to do. I love going to see live music and I love like supporting everybody because writing music is very difficult, you know, and you pour a lot of your heart and soul into it. So like, it's kind of heartbreaking if like nobody shows up to your show, you know, so like I really, really love doing that. And we have so many amazing bands around here. Like I would see, I would say the scene is predominantly kind of like punk and hardcore. But I mean, we've got like the old schoolers, like I hate God and like Down. I mean, like the '90s is like, I mean, everybody wants to sound like Down. Like, come on, like so, like like, (laughs) (laughs) corrosion of conformity. Like, you just you had a lot of like the old school um, bands from like the '90s that sort of set that tone for like a lot of the bands that are trying to emulate that sound now. So it's really cool to kind of be and I guess where it was incepted. I mean, there's something, it's it's hot and it's slow down here. So it's like, <laughs> it kind of reflects itself in the music, but yeah, I'd say it's a lot of like punk and hardcore. Like I love grind. I didn't even know what grind was, but first couple of times I went to a grind show, I was like, this is my jam, you know? So yeah, I, I love going to shows where it's like fast and like aggressive. But the music that we play is a lot more like kind of bluesy and stuff. But you know, there's a place for it. There's there's a couple bands here. Like shout out to Green Gasoline. You guys should check them out. Like like old school rock. They sound they sound like they're from like the 70s, which is amazing. So so there's there's
1: pockets. If, if Green Gasoline is watching, hit me up to be on the show.
2: <laughs> oh, you should definitely hit them up. they they're they're fantastic.
1: See, I kind of. I what when I was making the event. I kind of said, uh, Doom metal, and the only reason I did that was because it because the video was on that Doom channel, yeah. the 666 Von Doom or whatever his name is. And yeah. it, I've had several of those bands off that channel, and I was, nice. did you, you co-? and so I can't, just kind of randomly came across you all when, when j- just letting it play, you know, just just heard, it and and I was really impressed.
2: Yeah, I'm really glad, you know, just on a whim. I mean, I've been listening to that dude's channel probably since, like, 2015, 2016. There's, like, several podcasts and YouTube channels that I've followed for a long time. And uh, just on a whim, I was like, well, oh, you know, it's great. Let's see if he puts it up there. And he... So, to be on his channel as a fan is is huge. So, that would be really
1: cool. How many shows have you played now?
0: Uh,
1: two. Two? Which one was your favorite? Uh, it's so hard to... It's watch. hard.
2: I mean, I think... Speaking from my experience, like, our first show was, like, that was a big deal. Because we played at a bar called Santos, and, like, Santos, like, has a lot of, like, the bands that I love. It's I feel like it's, like, my second living room. So to be able to play there was really awesome.
0: Uh, the second was in yet last week, and the people there were so supportive. It was unbelievable. That was really special, too. So, But the first show is always going to be the first show. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, shout out to the Freetown Boom Boom Room. They're doing an amazing job in Lafayette. So it's really cool to see places in, in Louisiana that are really just really trying to keep live music alive, which is really important.
1: Viewer, I'm so scared I'm going to mispronounce his name here. Jordan Maderi. Is, it, is that is that sound close?
2: Yeah, yeah that's it, Jordan. Know Jordan.
1: <laughs> When's the EP coming out? <laughs>
2: Um, the goal is to get in uh, the studio in August, do two days maybe, hopefully knock it out and uh, maybe hopefully mix it that same month. But our goal is like early fall is because we've been, I wouldn't say we've been dragging our feet. We've just been trying, I know for me, like trying to get my tone the way I want it to sound and and also just like finalizing parts of the songs and stuff. So yeah. we've got... Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's interesting also to play the songs live because I have the chance to mature a little bit before recording so i like that idea we have uh, like more five songs for now
2: yeah we've got five songs for sure ready and and that's going to be the more than likely we're just going to do a self-titled ep just you know just because but we've got two or three more songs in the works so we're kind of working up to that 45 minutes or so but right now our set's about 20 25 minutes if we talk a little bit so
1: (laughs) Well, don't rush your record. I've done that before; big mistake. Yeah,
2: we definitely just, we just <laughs>
1: have
2: not done that because I, uh, you know, my anxiety kicks in. I'm like, I'm not ready.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I always tell her because my other bands we rush it and didn't work. So I was like, it's gonna be worth it. Let's just take our time. I'm not a rush. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I've got a, I've got a good album too, but I've, I've made a bad album before. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook viewer Robert Freeman since the layoff of shows have you been able to write more music and where are you able to draw influence from for those songs?
2: Well, COVID, I mean, like COVID sucked, it sucked a lot. Um, I know personally I was, I was wanting to play live. Like we were, I felt like I was rushing the process, the same thing with like wanting to record and everything. Um, So when kind of, when COVID hit, we had the five songs, but they weren't, they weren't where they needed to be. And so we basically just used this entire time. Actually we wrote, it was, it's a cover song. Um, We have a a song called, it's based on A Change Is Gonna Come by Sam Cooke, um, preferably sang by like Aretha Franklin. But we use the lyrics and we just kind of put our own spin on it. But that came from COVID. We were just kind of jamming acoustically and I didn't know what to sing. So I just sang one of my favorite songs in the world and boom, we got a new song. (laughs) So it helped us because I think it took a lot of the anxiety and the pressure that I was definitely putting on myself to... Get out there and play live, and we just we just wrote and worked on stuff.
1: <laughs> so, if you could go open for anybody, who would that be? Oh
0: man, <laughs> like
2: if we were the opening band? For oh someone.
0: man, that's, that's, so a, that's a
1: hard one. <laughs> I like um, that question. <laughs> yeah, that's like question. I've got a couple that's going to make you think.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I I mean
1: I mean I would love to open for Rush, but. Rush
2: rush ends around. Uh Rush or Primus would be amazing for me personally, just because as a bass player those those two guys are are huge influences on me.
0: Oh wow. my, my favorite bands are Led Zeppelin and yeah.
2: Queens of the Stone Age, so <laughs> it.
0: I think I think
2: we would definitely both agree to uh, open up for Queens on the Stone Age yeah. would be
0: uh, Alice in Chains, too. I love it.
1: Well, What would be your favorite Smithfire song to play right now?
0: Well, what's your favorite? Um, My favorite is Groove, because um, the, the name is it itself, but you gotta let it go and groove a little bit, you know, just relax. It, it's just so hard nowadays. We both are overthinking for <laughs> very much so, so like the, the, much music, the music is where we can finally relax and just deliver ourselves to the song so it yeah that group for me is, is where i can
2: just kind of <laughs> kind of let go and stuff i think for me um the the, the changes um, that's kind of where we end our set just because that song has just it's been a really important song for me, like as a person who kind of struggle. I think we all struggle, just in general, to kind of be happy or just life. Life is hard. Life is heavy. So um, it was really cool to be able to like incorporate that song into into our set, you know, or into our catalog, I guess. So I think wow. that's my favorite one to play.
0: And uh, also, we didn't say anything about it, but we write the lyrics together. I think we have a lot of experience that. Bland, so. Yeah. Yeah, I think just as
2: as women in general, like, we have a lot of shared experiences as people who, like, deal with, like, anxiety and just, like, trying to, perfectionists trying to be, you know, so, like, we share a lot of experiences. And so um, there's been several songs. Like, uh, our first song that we set, Open Our Set, uh, Nowhere, um, she wrote the lyrics. And, you know, I just kind of adjusted it for, like, the English. <laughs> so she's Brazilian. <laughs> And uh, we're actually working on a new one now, which is super bluesy um, that she wrote the lyrics as well. So just, um, but yeah, I, I would say, I mean, it's a 50-50 split with us. Like I I feel like I can't, I mean, I can sit in my room all day and I can come up with riffs and stuff like that. But I tend to overcomplicate things or I, I think I want to be complicated. It's just what I do. But she's able to kind of rein things in. And so I just I really love kind of writing us writing together. I don't know how, how else to do it, honestly uh, at this
0: point. Yeah, sometimes I just bring her some crazy beats that That's she, the best. she can put some <laughs> fuzz on it like, Oh, I'm gonna do a samba beat. You put fuzz on it and we make it stronger somehow I and mean, it works and everything sounds like us. They're all different songs, but it, it yeah.
2: Works. We we pull from like like she said, there's like a samba beat that we work we worked on and Um, there's also like a Cajun beat that she so like I I consider her to be as just I think we're both students but she's definitely a student of the drums and she likes to experiment with things and I I love the fact that she has a space for creativity as opposed to I think a lot of drummers have to react to what's been written for them um, whereas where we write things together so I mean I I love writing with a drummer just because I can start to I can just start to feel it, and then just kind of go from there.
0: Well <laughs> you're talking about me, but she studies a lot too. Like she's been studying to sing and play at the same time a lot in the last year because yeah. before us, she I, just played, right? Well,
2: right. I had a huge learning curve. Like I, yeah. like I picked up bass in 2003, but then life, Katrina, just every everything, career, everything. I just, I just stuck to acoustic guitar and just a b, you know. Just regular chords, but uh, in 2017 is when uh, you know, I, I was just like, This is I want my life to be this. I've always wanted my life to be this, but I finally just did it. And uh, I walked into the guitar center and I walked into that special room and went into the corner, and all. I was like, I want that one. And I got the Rickenbacker, and since then, but I didn't have anything, I didn't even really know how to play. So for me, I've only been playing for 17, 18, 19, 20 maybe five years now. But for us, it's only been like a year and a half, maybe two years at that. And, uh, yeah, I had a huge, I had a very, very steep
1: learning curve. <laughs> hey, can we expect a tour out of you after the album's out? What's that? Can we expect a tour?
2: Oh, absolutely. We're already, I mean, the, the, the plan is already, we want to make it to Texas just because Texas just has, Texas has a really good scene. I was going to Houston and Arlington a lot. Um, just, if you want sonar, sonar rock, if you want just rock in general, like Texas is where it's at. Um, there's an awesome label called Ripple Ripple Music, and they're having a festival in August. So our goal is to kind of work our way up north in Louisiana and then come back down through Texas. And hopefully, I just want to end in the desert. I don't know where, but I just want
1: to end in the desert. <laughs> so do you have this big, giant pedal board?
2: I want it bigger. I want to. I want the bigger. <laughs> <laughs> like when I say I like if you look at like big business, if you've ever seen like his setup, like that's I mean, if I had all the money in the world, but I still do. I buy like a crap ton of pedals, but right now it's actually, I've, I've honed it down because with what we want to do, um I want that fuzz, but I also do want some clarity. So, um but, and then I've got, so basically i basically have a fuzz, fuzz pedal, a wah, I have a boost. And then um I've got like, some reverb and things in, in there, but I'm running stereo because the Rickenbacker can split the pickups. So that's how I'm acting as a guitar player and a bass player at the same time.
0: Every time we're gonna start rehearsing, she like, I have a new pedal right here. I said, okay, uh, I gotta wait till oh, i feel, good,
2: but I feel so bad for her sometimes because I mean, I, I don't know. I'm still like. I'm still learning. I think as a musician, you're learning every day. I mean, if you're not learning, then you're not. I don't think you're like growing as a person. But there's been several times like she's very, very patient with me because I will, I will get so frustrated with like my gear or things like that. But you know, I've I think if anything, playing live has taught me to let go because I can dial something into that. I can dial something in in the practice space all I want, but. Every room is going to be different. The acoustics are different. So, if anything, that's been a, a way for me to let go and just maybe have some more fun instead of being such a control freak.
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing about playing, playing bass that nobody understands. Every, you know, everybody thinks that's going to be an easy instrument. It's not. It. It's like that's the one instrument besides the vocals that you really can't screw up. On.
0: <laughs> no.
2: And I think. I think a good a good bass player like in a in an actual band with a guitar player, you know, you got a three piece or whatever, that bass player is like the glue. He's the bridge between yeah. like, what the drummer's doing and and let the guitar player just twinkle toes. I just call him twinkle toes. Just yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. The bass and the drums will create that nice little trampoline for them to to jump on. So <laughs> But uh, I will I will say this my latest fuzz pedal that I got is so cool and it's orange velvet. <laughs> when I bought it I was like this is gonna get disgusting very quick. But what's cool is it has an octave boost, a very simple octave boost, so I'm able to sound a little bit more like a guitar with it. So uh, it's called the Foxy Tone by Warm Warm Audio, um, and it's a reissue of a vintage pedal. So it's just cool because it's orange velvet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Robert Freeman had asked what's your go-to pedal i think you may have answered that just
2: <laughs> oh i will i will say this on uh, on my bass side uh for the, the bass tone that I'm using i use the damnation audio MBd2 hands down if you're a bass player you're because you're a bass player bro uh if you want a, a pedal that's good for just gain you can dial in some clean it's just damnation audio does a really good job of like just bass pedals so it's,
1: it's damnation Audio, if you're watching, you're going to have to sponsor these ladies. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be, you got an endorsement right here, you know. <laughs> what would be one message you would give your fans?
0: Going to try to tour as soon as possible and record the EP as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, like, we do things New Orleans time. You know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> A, little slow, A little slow and slow low.
0: <laughs> it's worth it because... It, it's gonna sound better.
2: I would, I would definitely tell um, all the female and female-identifying fans to, if if you want to play music, do it. Like, who cares if you? I don't know. Just as as a as a female-identifying person who's wanted to play music their entire life, it feels like there's always been kind of a barrier, or you know, it's there's a there's a gate. Seems like in the past there's been sort of a gate, but I think now nowadays there's people are a lot more open, and I'm very thankful to have a lot of uh, really awesome men around me that actually want to help me learn, and they're not going to make me you know feel bad for asking dumb questions, but I just I want all the girls and all the days to like believe in themselves. If you want to play music, just just do it. Just pick it up, make some noise. It's the most cathartic and freeing thing that you can do. Music is just, it's saved my life. It's been the most important thing in my life. So, so do it. Just do it. <laughs>
1: yeah. If you could work with a with any certain producer. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a good one.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know any producer. Well, actually, I don't know if he produces. But to be able to, like, work with, like, someone like Brent Bjork would be, like, amazing. You know, like, he's old school, Palm Desert scene, you know. Um, but I don't know, this and we should probably, <laughs> since we are trying to, there, there's a guy on the North Shore, uh, North Shore of Louisiana, that uh, is a producer, and we're thinking about working with him. Uh, his name is Jack Mele. Um, I think it's just, it's important for us to find, as a duo, to find sort of maybe a, like our third, our person that could kind of help us hone in and maybe focus, you know, like we, we know what we want to do, at least I think I know what I want to do but does it sound good when we record it? I think people are appreciating it, appreciating it live, but, you know, will it sound good on, on, on record? So that's our goal is to find that, that, that last person to kind of just to, to be in the room and, and not necessarily just click record and be like, you know, yeah. is that good? But like to help us and, and be critical and, and, uh, help us, you know, guide us and stuff.
1: You do have a band camp. I've seen that. Yeah. 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 What other, what other media do you want to, would you like to put, to plug in.
2: Um, we have a. Spotify? Yeah. We we, uh, we did the whole CD Baby route. So all of our stuff is on like Spotify and iTunes and stuff like that. Um, and social media has honestly been our biggest uh, gateway to get our stuff out. Because when we first started we didn't have any music, we just started posting progress. And, and then from there, like we really started to get a lot of following or just people were. We gained a lot of interest. They you know, with mm-hmm. social media. So like Instagram is our, is a big go-to for us and Facebook and stuff as well. We're trying to, trying to get on the Twitter wagon, but to me, Twitter just seems like a room of people yelling at one another. <laughs> <So>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's good applications for Twitter, but generally speaking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Seems Robert a of- asked what female artist did you look up to? made you want to be, be, be a musician?
0: Uh, when I was starting to play drums, I was 17. I was playing like punk, grunge, because that's all I could play when I started playing drums was the easiest thing. And the first bands that inspired me was like Runaways and Joan Jett. And I thought, oh man, yeah, that's possible. Well, it's possible to have a girl band, and that's when I started to have girl bands, and that's all I want to have since I started to play drums. Yeah, there are my first influence, for sure. Yeah, no,
2: like, Lita, Lita Ford was a big one for me. I oh, mean like, yeah. like, once again, as, as, a, as a young girl growing up and wanting to play music so terribly, not having any representation was kind of hard. So, I mean, for me, like, a lot of my influences were men. But, um, like, Lori from Acid King is is huge. Um, there's a lot of women it's, it's really cool. I think we live in an awesome time where there's a lot more women out there. And, you know, they're playing guitar. They're playing drums. They're not just sort of being the pretty front, female fronted, as they like to call it. Um, so, so yeah.
1: All right. Is there anything going, you want to add before we start to wrap this up?
2: We July is actually going to be a pretty busy month for us. Um, we've got a show on the 16th uh, in Lafayette, again, at the Freetown Boom Boom Room. And then uh, New Orleans does a three-day festival called Creepy Fest. Um, and it really sh- – I, I think Creepy Fest, it's like 35 bands, I think. Uh, Creepy Fest does an, an amazing job of sort of showing the cross-section of what, like, the New Orleans scene is. So I'm really, really excited about that. So and we're going to play that Sunday, which is the ending of Creepy Fest. And then on uh, the 25th, we're going to be playing with our buddies Cydonia. Um, I love those guys. So July is actually gonna be pretty busy. I mean the more that we can book shows, the better, the more experience it's gonna give me for sure I need it. Uh, and then hopefully the goal is to do the EP in August, maybe get it out in September and then uh, maybe do like a little winter tour like a little two-week tour through Louisiana and Texas. So
1: let's uh, plug in your Bandcamp address real quick. Is, is it just Spitfire bandcamp or Band or
2: Spitfire Nova.
1: Sanchez of Amongst Vultures. This is Joke of the Week. How did the hipster burn his mouth? He ate his pizza before it was cool.